Lines. Welcome back to Fault Lines with Nixon Strandham, 105.5 FM, 1390 AM in Washington, D.C. We have with us now Dr. Michael Nevradakis. He is the host of Dialogos, I hope I'm getting that right, radio, a contributor to Mint Press, and, of course, he is the editor of the Hellenic Insider. Good morning, Dr. Nevradakis, and welcome to Fault Lines. Hi there. Good morning. Glad to be back. Wonderful. So there was a referendum in in, in, uh, North Macedonia. Um, There's been a lot of discussion. You know, it's now every, you know, if if somebody votes for, you know, a new member of the the school board at the PTA and, you know, in an elementary school in Sheboygan, Michigan, there's a claim of uh, of of of. uh, you know, uh, election interference. So, but some of them are valid. Some of them are aren't, but, but, but aren't, but we're accustomed to that. So start off, let me be honest with you, Dr. Neverdakis. I couldn't find North Macedonia on a map if you put a gun in my head right now. So let's start off this. Where is North uh, Macedonia? Uh, and before we get to what happened in the referendum, what is this referendum about and why is it important? Uh, well, quite a few things to unpack over there. First of all, Uh, It's not officially North Macedonia yet. The referendum that they held was in part uh, asking voters of that country whether they wanted to approve a constitutional name change for the country. They call themselves the Republic of Macedonia or simply Macedonia. Um, In the United Nations, however, they remain recognized under the name of former Yugoslav Republic of Macedonia, which is often abbreviated as FYROM, F-Y-R-O-M. And they're a small country that is landlocked uh, right to the north of Greece. They border Greece. Uh, They used to be part of uh, Yugoslavia before it collapsed in the early 1990s, before Yugoslavia collapsed. Um, And the whole name dispute over the name Macedonia began Uh, in earnest following uh, the collapse of Yugoslavia when uh, this country declared itself independent and declared its name to be the Republic of Macedonia, uh, which is also the name of a region of northern Greece, uh, which is also home to Greece's second largest city, Thessaloniki. That region is also known as Macedonia, and uh, Greeks from that region are known as Macedonians, Greek Macedonians. So... A, uh, a big diplomatic uh, battle erupted uh, in the 90s over the name, and a lot of this had to do with the fact that um, claims were being made by the people of this new country, by the politicians really of this new country, that um, claims upon symbols, for instance, that were uh, ancient Greek symbols, uh, they had to name things in their country after figures like Alexander the Great. Uh, who was uh, a famous ancient Macedonian, uh, an ancient Macedonian Greek. They, um, their flag even had an, uh, an ancient Greek symbol, the Star of Vergina, um, and they were actually forced to change their flag, their current flag, uh, after Greece uh, basically uh, had a dispute over their original flag. And... In 1994, the temporary United Nations name of FIRA, or Republic of Macedonia, was established. And since it's been stalemate until recently, this agreement came earlier this year between a Greek prime minister, Alexis Tsipras, and the prime minister of Greece's northern neighbor, uh, Zoran Zaev. 
and under this agreement, the country would be recognized internationally and also self-constitutionally, North Macedonia. So the argument here is that there is a geographic qualifier that separates North Macedonia from Greek region of Macedonia. Um, there's a number of other provisions in the bill, but what in the agreement, but what, what the voters of this country were being asked to vote on this past Sunday uh, has to do with whether they not only approve the name change, but whether they approve on the country's NATO and European Union candidacy, because apparently as part of this deal, uh, Greece is a veto for the country to be uh, to enter NATO and to enter the European Union will be lifted. Well, you know that. that, um, so that what voters were actually asked? Yeah, go ahead. Continue. Yes, what voters were asked was whether they want their country to continue down the path of EU and NATO membership. Okay, so I was well. That answered my question because I was going to ask, um, you know, why is it? I mean, this little old country of two million people, the United States, you know, EU, NATO, and Russia, you know, all considered as a, a, a significantly consequential matter. So I was going to ask this: Is it just? The bragging rights of getting, you know, if you're NATO or Russia or whoever, is it just the bragging rights of getting another member in your or is there some, you know, uh, significance to, the, you know, militarily to their location or to their, you know, maybe they have natural resources or something? Because, you know, two million people there is not going to, by any imagination, shift the, the balance of power. Um, you know, in the world. So what is it about Macedonia, do you think, that makes you know, the elephants fighting over this one little peanut. Right. Excellent question. And uh, as you said, on its own, it's a very small country, a population of about two million. And yet it's uh, a piece in a larger uh, chess battle between uh, the major uh, the major players in the region. Uh, a few a few things to point out. First of all, the country has the largest U.S. embassy in Southern Europe, if not if not the world, in fact. It's a huge complex outside the capital of the country. Uh, the capital is called Skopje. Um, per capita, there's more U.S. diplomats and U.S. diplomatic staff uh, in this country than in any other country in, uh, in Europe. So it's considered highly important, clearly, by the United States, by the State Department, because they want to help, first of all, in the Western Balkans. The Western Balkans is seen as the next frontier for the West, and the West, by the West, I mean NATO and the European Union to expand. They've already, in part, begun their expansion okay. in this region, and they want this expansion to continue to keep Russia, big bad Russia, uh, out of the region. And at the same time, if you look at the text of the agreement between Dr. Neverdockers, let's take a quick break. Um, you're breaking up a little bit. Our guy's going to call you right back, and um, and then we'll, we'll we'll clear that. We'll, we'll hopefully clear your line. So um, they're they're going to if you they're going to they're going to hang up and call you right back to try to get a little clearer line. Okay. Okay, so what we're talking about, we're talking with um, Dr. Michael Neverdakis. He is a friend of the show, um, and he unavailable. he <laughs> he uh, uh, is normally in Greece. I don't, I can't say that he's um, that he's there, but 
when we have uh, now because he travels around, but these are to some people when we talk about the naming or a referendum of North Macedonia or something like that, a lot of people think, "Are you back, Doctor Neverdakis?" I am back. Yeah. Yes. I, one of the things I was saying is this. You know, a lot of people, when you talk about, you know, North Macedonia or some tiny little country like that, a lot of people think these things are insignificant and, you know, um, uh, you know, these smaller, they only think about, you know, well, Russia, China, the United States, India, et cetera, but they forget, you know, World War One started, you know, over Serbia. I mean, not a tiny country, but certainly not, not you know, uh, major wars and major conflicts have started you know, based on 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 disagreements over small countries and seemingly small issues like that. So while there are a lot of people saying, "Well, why is he even doing a a segment on who who cares about North Macedonia?" People need to know these things because they historically these types of things have been the 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 fodder for larger conflicts. Correct? Yes, that is correct. And what I will add is what I was going to mention before: the text of the agreement between the two countries also uh, includes a paragraph in which the two countries agree that they will have uh, an open border between them for the purposes of uh, oil and gas transportation. And that's significant because there are many planned pipeline routes, gas pipeline routes, uh, that um, if you look at maps of these proposed routes, they go right, be right through the two countries. So this agreement sets into place um, a possible path for these pipelines to run through both of the countries uh, unimpeded, basically. From, so there's clearly – These pipelines would be from where – you know, where would they be originating and where would they be terminating? Well, that's uh, the second part of the, of, of the answer. These – this is basically part of the battle that we're seeing between East and West, because these are pipelines that could possibly be originating uh, from uh, Russia and the Black Sea, or they could be pipelines that are originating uh, from Azerbaijan through Turkey. Uh, at the same time, however, there are also interests that want to run pipelines through Greece, uh, from Cyprus and from Israel. So there's a battle going on now over whose pipeline is going to uh, basically win out in the end and have the right to go through Greece. And then some of these routes will then go north through the Balkans, including through Greece's northern neighbor. So we know uh, there that, uh, you know, there we historically, you know, part of the issue going on in Afghanistan, going on in Syria. These were there was there were certainly pipeline issues going on there. There's oil and gas under the Golan, Golan Heights. So we continually see a lot of conflicts that are fueled um, by energy. Now, let me ask you this. We know another thing we know is there's been some discussion. You know, the, the Russians provide about th a third of the gas for northern Europe um, through a pipeline. Um, and that they're in the process of building, you know, the Nord Stream 2 pipeline. The U.S. is trying to stop that. The U.S. wants to, you know, take take that market and, and kind of push the northern Europeans to buy gas um, from the from the from the U.S. But it's it's apparently it's more expensive because certainly we got to you know, we got to transport it across the sea as opposed to piping it right to them is um, do you think this at all is part of that dispute? Um, or that discussion between, you know, how uh, whether or not Europe is going to get a significant portion of their gas from Russia or from the United States, or is this totally unrelated to that whole Nord Stream 2 pipeline um, controversy? 
No, it's absolutely related. And uh, Russia would, uh, you know, just like we were, just like you mentioned, the Nord Stream pipeline. The plans go back over for the South Stream pipeline, which would enter through Eastern Greece, travel through the north of Greece. Uh, and some of these routes, if you look at uh, maps, would then run north through the Balkan Peninsula and into continental Europe. So this is another battleground between the United States and Russia. As you mentioned, the United States would like to get gas delivered to Europe through other means. Uh, some of it could come from the U.S., but the, the current government of Greece, the leftist in quotations government of Greece, has gotten very warm toward uh, Israel in the past couple of years, even though this is from a party that was once very uh, anti-Israel before it was uh, elected in 2015. Uh, there have been deals made with uh, Cyprus, Greece, and Israel, and sometimes Egypt is also a player in these deals as well, uh, to get pipeline energy pipelines from Israel and from North Africa into uh, into Greece and Cyprus. Uh, this also then brings Turkey into the picture. Uh, anything that involves Cyprus or anything that is going on in northern Greece, in the Aegean Sea region, uh, Turkey aggressively attempts to, uh, and right now Turkey uh, has developed uh, closer relations with Russia and uh, colder relations with the United States. So there's this, as you can see, this geopolitical chess match going on. There's a lot of players. There's a lot of moving pieces. And, in, and, and in, this North Macedonia agreement is very much a part of it, and it has a lot more to do than just the name. It's interesting because time and again when we look into these, I don't want to use the words conflicts because they certainly hasn't risen to that level, but these uh, um, <clears throat> issues that arise – um, between countries, it, it you know, and we hear a lot of discussion that it's about, you know, ethnicity or things like that, too. Um, the really powerful people oftentimes, you know, while the locals or while the, you know, working class people are talking about things like ethnicity and textbooks and things like that, when you get to the top, it seems like the people in power are always looking at kind of money and how the big, huge corporations and the, you know, uh, particularly uh, in in the Middle East and in Eastern Europe and, you know, Turkey, Greek area, Turkey, Greece area, the discussion so often seems to come back to um, tr the transportation of natural resources, oil, gas, et cetera. And who's going to get the who's going to have the, you know, the horsepower to push their countries, companies into the mix and take all of uh, all of the money. So it seems like there's separate issues here. There's issues for the people of Greece and whatever it's going to be called or is called now that's where we can refer to as North Macedonia, they have their level of issues. But the people at the top, it seems like it comes down to money and moving gas and oil. Uh, it, would you say that's kind of accurate? I would say that's very accurate. For the people in both countries, there's a lot of uh, national pride at stake. There's a lot of historical and cultural significance to what is going on. Uh, interestingly, in uh, in Greece's northern neighbor, it was the nationalists of that country that were uh, very much against this deal because they feel that they're giving up part of their identity. They feel they are true Macedonians.
So even calling themselves North Macedonia is seen as a defeat. On the, on the other hand, for many people in Greece, it's, it's the opposite. They feel that Macedonia is a name that is associated with Greek culture and Greek history. And giving up, giving up that name, uh, even with a qualifier such as North in front of it, uh, is a defeat for Greece. So you have that aspect, and it's completely different from you know what uh, the politicians and the powers that be are uh, are thinking in uh, agreements such as this. And what should be clear, however, is that this was a, an issue that was largely dormant for uh, for the past two plus decades. And suddenly, you know, in the beginning of 2018, there's this big, big push all of a sudden to get a deal done and to get it done immediately. So this sense of urgency clearly doesn't have anything to do with uh, the people in either country. It has a lot more to do with geopolitical developments uh, and the need that certain powers feel to have this problem solved and out of the way uh, so that uh, they can move forward with certain plans. And those plans for some of those powers include uh, getting, uh, you know, so-called North Macedonia into NATO, getting them into the European Union, and perhaps after that, getting some projects forward with uh, pipelines and so forth. We only got about two minutes left, but I did want to ask you, you mentioned foreign meddling. Was there foreign meddling and or was there accusations of foreign meddling? There certainly were accusations of it, and the usual suspect, of course, is Russia. Uh, Greece actually expelled two Russian diplomats uh, over the summer, even though Greece has historically had great relations with Russia, supposedly for helping to fuel the anti-agreement uh, protests in Greece. Uh, at the same time, uh, there were accusations from NATO, from the State Department, that Russia was meddling in engaging in a disinformation campaign in order to defeat the referendum. Uh, Angela Merkel, the German chancellor, visited uh, uh, visited the country to urge voters there to vote yes on the agreement. And even George W. Bush came out of mothballs to urge the people of Macedonia, as he as he wrote it, uh, to vote yes on the deal. And, and clearly, you know, Russia, it would be. Um, um, it would probably be a lie to say that Russia was not involved in this issue somehow, and that well, it, it sounds to me, doctor. It sounds to me like it sounds to me, doctor Neverdakis, like the EU and the U.S. were pretty clear and open that they were, and I'm not going to use the word meddling, that they were attempting to influence the election in a way that they felt benefited them, and it would seem likely to me that any other country, including Russia, would do the same thing. And so it seems a little weird that they're doing it in the open and they're accusing someone else of doing what they're doing in the open. Exactly. That's exactly what was going on. And certainly Russia has interest in the region, but it's uh, hypocritical for the U.S. and the West to accuse Russia of meddling when they themselves were very attempting to influence the views of voters. And I will close that uh, you know, we've all... that Russia has threatened to veto this bill. In the U.N. Interesting. Well, we've only got a minute left, but tell people where they can find your stuff online. Well, as of now, uh, they, can, they can find my work at dialogosmedia.org, D-I-A-L-O-G-O-S media.org. Unfortunately, however, the piece that I wrote for Mint Press on the North Macedonia referendum is my last for, uh, for Mint Press. 
news. Uh, I've also stopped at uh, Hellenic Insider. So as of now, I'm actually a, a journalistic free agent, but I am still continuing with my own endeavor, which is the Alagos Radio and the Alagos Media. All right. Thank you very much. That's it. We'll be right back. We got plenty more coming up. Uh, Lee took one off. So he's, you know, he's not, he's a bit under the weather. He had to take a, a, a time off, but he'll be right back. Plenty more. You listen to Fall Hunts. Right here.